Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives about what's going on at their companies. For those of you who are watching via video, glad to have you here. But remember, if you can't watch video, get us by podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, your favorite podcast sites where you can listen to us on the road uh, and wherever you may be where you don't have time to watch video. With us today, happy to have him back again, Marshall Gunter. He's CEO at Data Metrics AI, trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the stock symbol DM. Uh, for our friends in the US, DTMXF, and for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under D4G. Now, those of you who are new to the story, and it's gonna be a lot of you, uh, Data Metrics AI is, as you can figure, is an artificial intelligence company that's focused on social uh, media discovery and fake news detection. Uh, might sound like a, like a lot of lip service there, but their clients already include the Canadian federal government, uh, the United States Air Force, and a South, a South Korean multinational conglomerate, Lotte, uh, or Loti. Uh, that's about a $2.6 billion company. Last quarter, uh, they announced $1.6 million in revenue. That was a record. Uh, and they just keep hitting out of the park with new contracts, new things going on. Uh, including participating in a NATO research task group where they presented in Paris, France. Uh, and last year, they secured another contract with the Division of Latte for a million dollars. And just recently, another $600,000 renewal contract. So the company is hitting it on all cylinders. Marshall, welcome back to the show. Hey, glad to be back, George. Hey, you're doing amazing things because... You know, you would think that social media monitoring would be just some kind of fancy, uh, you know, some kind of uh, fancy business plan that doesn't have a lot of meat to it. But you guys are hitting it out of the park. So let me ask you something. With the upcoming U.S. election, that's going to be a big one, considering what happened in 2016. How big is social media monitoring for foreign interference uh, in elections going to be this year? Well, I going to be larger than ever and it's super important and we're seeing that play out now uh within the space um but it's not just okay social media for an election it's also all the sub themes in the elections and stuff and we saw that you know we were deployed with the drdc in canada in 2019 and we saw it play out in the um topics that influenced the election there and you can see that research that we did with nato it's on datametrics.com but in the U.S., it's already starting to play out. Like, it's already started. And we are looking into today, like, the coronavirus. So <clears throat> we're seeing, and this will be posted later on the website also, that even within, you know, a topic like the coronavirus, there's already foreign actors trying to influence people. Trying to create panic? Is that what they're trying to yeah, do? Yeah, absolutely. Panic? So make people panic, make sure there's wedge issues. Um, Right. 
I'm getting people to just do the wrong thing. Um, so you, there's a lot of the research we've done around that. That'll be posted later today. But it's also playing out in, you know, more, uh, how do we say it, traditional issues, especially in the U.S. Uh, for instance, in um, the, an upcoming case uh, that's going to influence the Roe versus Wade decision. Right. In the United States, which is such a divisive issue. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, this research we are doing with Democracy Labs in the United States right now, and uh, our first findings will be published later this week. But what we're seeing is as this case goes and progresses uh, to the Supreme Court of the United States, there's already foreign actors involved in the discussions online, and people are actually listening to this stuff, even though it is not relevant. And the only thing the foreign actors are doing is they're not trying to play one side or the other. They're just trying to drive a wedge. Uh, and it's it's working like you've seen it continue from the oh, 2016 yeah. U.S. election up till now. The political climate in the U.S. is extraordinarily divisive and it's being fanned by these types of interventions by foreign actors. Um, when and and we know you've been hired. We know you've been, you know, data management has been hired by, you know, governments uh, to, to do a lot of work. So this example, for example, this this case around this topic of Roe versus Wade, were you, uh, was Datametrics hired on uh, specifically to do that research as well? Yes, we're, this is part of a contract we have with a group in the United States called Democracy Labs. And uh, what they do is try to expose this just for the betterment of um, society in the U.S. And, so, and to educate people. So you see it play out now as people, you know, retreat into their echo chambers and without people like democracy labs and with and you know you don't see the federal government in the united states trying to check this stuff they're just kind of playing along at the moment um now uh, that's going to change and there's a lot of interest in that it's just not making headlines right now because of you know uh i guess coronavirus at the moment yep that's dom that's dom and actually this interview is a coronavirus friendly interview right because you're yeah. talking from your house because everyone's uh, everyone's working virtually uh, at Data Metrics. Just ironically enough, that is correct. We are trying to uh, help the net, you know, help secure the neighborhoods. And, and, uh, and you're seeing disinformation on the coronavirus side as well. Absolutely, no, it's already there. It's especially aimed inside the United States. We're even seeing people. The thing about this one is, the problem is that they. They've gotten very good at the disinformation, so a lot of um, you know bad medical information that's not correct is being parroted around the internet now with the same weight as correct medical information. There's a, one in particular we found is a case where I guess there's a shortage of hand sanitizer in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. Right now. Major problem. And so there's these recipes out there stating that you can make this stuff out of vodka. Um, and this was started from some place in India. We tracked it all the way back to India. Now, why would India be tweeting about a coronavirus? Yeah, why is that? Infected, right? You know, it doesn't make any sense. But if you do this and you actually get some of this stuff, like inhale it or drink it once it's been mixed with the chemicals or anything like that, it can make you extremely sick. Um, and there's already been 16 people hospitalized because of it. All right, so you're going to be, I mean, just as a side note, getting away from the business first, I'm assuming that's the kind of thing you're going to be publishing uh, and will be picked up by the media. 
that you're you're that you're picking up these fake coronavirus sanitized uh, recipes and they're making and it's actually making people sick. So that's that's unbelievable that you've been able to do this all of this so far. Clearly, you're having great success with the likes of the Canadian federal government, the U.S. Air Force. Last time we spoke, uh, the company was in the process of making further inroads into the U.S. market, mm-hmm. especially with the government. So. Uh, tell us, how is that going? Where are you at with your with your progress into the U.S. market? So we've progressed uh, quite a bit since the last time we spoke. Um, the last time we spoke, we were heading in for what's called GEC. Uh, what this is was a presentation that allows us to get on a preferred vendors list in uh, the U.S. for most of their alphabet agencies. And so alphabet agencies, for people that don't know, are right. the Department of State, the CIA, the U.S. Air Force, DOD, Department of Defense, DOD, all those exactly. kind of things, right? Everybody that's got a nice acronym. So, um, what? Once we do that, we don't have to be vetted for every single sale, right? So we had to be vetted for our U.S. Air Force sales, and that vetting process is quite long. You know, it's six to twelve months. But if we get pre-vetted for all these people, you know, we can just sell. Period. So it's a three-stage process. We passed stage one with flying colors. We're on to stage two. Uh, we're in the process of setting that up now, which is a technical evaluation. Um, so we will be doing that within the next two to six weeks, depending on how quickly the other side moves. Uh, we just had those discussions last week about how to set that up. Our first demo is going to be next week. And so I expect it to conclude, like I said, two to six weeks. But because we passed the first uh, piece, we've been put onto a disinformation platform that has been being put together by uh, GEC for the alphabet agencies in the United States. And I'm assuming they have an urgency about this because the yeah. election's coming up. So is it safe to assume you're getting fast-tracked? Not that that guarantees you're gonna get approved, but we don't want to tell that to anyone at home, but safe to assume you, you're they're kind of fast-tracking you through all this? I would, I would assume so. It's moving very quickly. I cannot speak for them. I don't know what the right. normal process is because I've never done this one before. Um, but it does appear to be moving rather rapidly. And the fact that they immediately put us onto that platform as one of the tool sets that's going to be, you know, advertised within the, those communities tells me that uh, somebody's interested. Um, so, in addition to that, though, uh, with the second round, though, we are going down shortly. Uh, I'm just waiting on the date to, uh, we've been invited to uh, the United States Air Force Cyber Command, and that'll be in uh, Rome, New York. And I will be heading down there probably within the next couple of weeks. We're just waiting on a confirmation date. Uh, and uh, specifically, they're putting together you know, an anti-disinformation task force to the tune of about $2 billion. Um, to start combating some of this stuff within the United States because the military in the U.S. is taking this very seriously as is NATO and all their partner countries. Well, essentially it's an attack on the, on, on democracy, right? It's an attack on the, it's attack on the people, the governments, if people are, if, if you got foreign, uh, foreign agents interfering uh, in the election. So if it's, if it's going to fall on somewhat, it's going to fall on the military. Two billion, not, not that, not that all two billion might, you know, come to data matrix, but if you're successful there, I'm assuming that's that's a you, you're going to get a nice piece of that pie, and you've already proven 
that you guys can win these kind of things. So uh, that, you know, we'll, we'll look for how successful that, that will, or, or maybe you want to finish that point. You'll be down there in a couple of weeks. How, how, how long of a process is that going to be? Um, and we'll be there for two days. Uh, I know that I don't know the attendee list and they never tell us until we get there. And then it's just the way it rolls when you're dealing with uh, the military, some of those agencies. Um, but it's quite an extensive list. We've been told there are going to be a lot of people to present to. Therefore, it's going to be at least 48 hours while we're down there. What's really amazing, Marshall, what's really amazing, I'm loving this, is the fact that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Datametrics is a small cap Canadian company. Uh, and yet there is no concern because sometimes you see this, right? Small cap companies are sometimes the hurdle they can't overcome no matter how good they are is their balance sheet, for example, uh, you know, and their income saying that they're not a big conglomerate at the end of the day, right? And, but clearly this is not something that they're concerned with, which tells me if I had to read between the lines that the company's technology is just that good that they're not concerned about those things and they want, they want your technology on their side. They want it in their repertoire. Yeah, the tech is pretty solid. And um, some of the other things that, that we've done, uh, I think to open that up, like in the past year is we've built the tech out to where it's completely scalable and portable, which is what it's allowed us to go into these markets. Like uh, previous versions of this tech, specifically within our Nexology suite of products, was not portable, which kept us from entering any foreign markets just due to data locality laws, right? Right. The United Air Force is not going to do a data project with data on Canadian soil. They're just not going to do it. And then it's that simple, um, as is, you know, some of the other countries that we operate in. Um, and on that case, it's also scalable. Like one of the things that these guys want is they, they don't want to have to put in tons of infrastructure in order to get something to work. And now with our tech, we can run stuff, you know, down on a laptop. Like the, Unbelievable. the Unbelievable. US Air Force has a guy running it now in North Carolina on his own laptop in a secure environment. Um, and then, you know, he just comes to us for updates every now and then. But it, it works all the way from there to the large giant installations that the Canadian government has here in secure facilities and, you know, 100 servers or what. I'm not even sure how many they're running right now but it's quite a bit. Um, let me ask a question. You're obviously having great success. So you're, you're, you're a known entity in Canada with the government. You're a known entity clearly with these invitations and the contracts you're winning with the U S government, the alphabets, you know, now you're being introduced to all, to all the, all the alphabet departments. Do you see, uh, are you having any success attracting the attention of other governments around the world? Cause clearly this isn't a problem limited to Canada and the U S are you having any success with, uh, with other governments that also want this service? So that's interesting you asked that because uh, actually we are getting some interest there. So as you mentioned earlier, you know, we work uh, a lot with Latte in Korea over the past year and we've just signed um, about a little over one and a half million dollars in renewals with them. In addition to that, the Latte, uh, I'll get to the government in just a second, but Latte is a, you know, um, a private corporation. Uh, we put, we got put on a preferred vendor list for Latte. So Latte 
don't quote me on this, but I think they have 72 subsidiary companies. I think that's right. Well, they're, they're, let's put it this way. They're a yeah. massive conglomerate. Yeah, they're yeah, huge. So, uh, so he, uh, up or down, Fiverr, it's, they're massive. So by getting on this list of a, being their preferred vendors, so when any of these subsidiaries come and say, we want you know, something that does X or, you know, in our case, we don't just work it with social media. You know, we can work with any text. So like Latte uses it to monitor their internal email. Um, so they identify, you know, trends and things like that inside their email, make sure morale is good, people are happy, things of this nature. Um, which is the exact same thing that, you know, say NATO is doing when they deploy during an exercise, for instance, like trying to juncture or some of the other exercises we've been involved in and they monitor social media in the geolocation around the exercise. They're making sure people aren't freaking out. Well, Latte is using this on their internal uh, to do the same thing. But by getting on that list, you know, when, when any of these subsidiaries ask, you know, Latte will hand us to them and say, here, this is the tool you need. Um, so that's, that was a huge win for us. And we just got that in January. And, but, and for everyone at home, the fact that Latte, by the way, for everyone at home who maybe wants to look at that's L-O-T-T-E. If, if you want to look them up on your own, they're pretty easy to find Latte South Korea. But um, what's really encouraging for people at home who don't know about the company just yet, because they're discovering is that you've won renewals. It, it wasn't like you just had one contract and you know, that's it. And you don't the fact you've had renewals is a clear sign that, for lack of a better term, they're loving your technology. Yeah, and it's starting to filter out too. So we've had discussions, these are preliminary, so there's nothing there just yet, but we've had a lot of discussions with the South Korean military, those are ongoing. Um, the sales wow. cycles on those would be pretty long, but the, you know they're talking to us. And in addition to that, we were contacted uh, this month by um, the Viet Vietnamese government. Um, so they've reached out to us through a corporation called Miraway in Vietnam to do some work and installation work um, with their um, state police forces. And those discussions are ongoing right now also. So we're starting to see interest globally now, which is, you know, a good thing. This is Every time, every time I, you, I give you a question, give me an answer. It just sounds like the universe, your universe is is growing and growing. Uh, and I, everyone at home knows I am a massive believer in artificial intelligence. That it's going to change everything in the next ten years. And though it's too early to say anything, and there's you know, uh, uh, we can't sit here and make projections, things like that. You know, reading between the lines again, the success at various levels of government, being invited to these massive, you know, think tanks for putting ideas together and, and solving real problems, uh, having other governments reach out, reach out to you. That tells me if I had to say something that it's it's not a case of success. That question's already being answered. It's only a case of degree, and uh, and and who knows where you're going to be. Uh, in the next six to 12 months, let alone, let alone the next three to five years. But you are a technology company. And so the great thing about technology is you can scale really quickly, but you can also face, you can also run to a lot of competition. So what is data metrics doing about expanding, uh, about expanding, expanding uh, its offering? Well, currently right now, one of the big problems you have with a uh, tech like ours is approachability. 
And what do I mean by that? Um, it's extraordinarily powerful software. There's no getting around that. But it also means that it's extraordinarily difficult to use in certain cases, all right? And this is not an issue for, say, you know, the U.S. government or a large corporation like Latte or, you know, the Defense Research in Canada or Canadian Armed Forces. They have people on staff with the type of training needed to utilize the, like, the software that we produce and to make the data that comes out of it actionable because it's right. no good if it's not actionable data, right? Um, and previously, you know, in the past for corporations or businesses that wanted to utilize our software and did not have that expertise, we would provide it for them. All right. And would that be like more like small, medium businesses or that would that, would that also be large enterprises that just didn't happen to have the expertise to be able to manage an AI system? Yeah, it's both. Like, uh, for instance, all our work, a lot of our work with health Canada is done that way because health Canada doesn't have data analysts internally who know, you know, how to run neural network software. So we would produce the reports and things like that for them. Well, we're changing that and that's going to go out to one of our um, government clients next month. And what we've done as part of some of these government contracts is taking our software and giving it the ability to produce those reports, like 90% of the reports automatically. So Very it pulls smart. relevant information out for you. It pulls out all the backing information, puts it into a document. In this case, it go out through like a Microsoft Word format and PDF and HTML so they can be co-edited with, um, you know, if you guys want to edit together, much like Google Docs. Um, and it's 90% done. And all you've got to do is a few bits of write-up. How about the front end about implementing it? So do, do, does Health Canada, for example, that example you just used, do they still have to have someone who can actually, you know, implement the AI and execute it? Or are you handling that part as well? Well, they have to tell, they have to tell the system what they're interested in examining. Like right. the system can't just divine that you want to look at, say, for instance, the coronavirus, right? Of course. You have to tell it, this is what I'm looking for. And any parameters around that, you know, if you're in one specific geolocation or just, you know, um, different time frames, all the, those type parameters are still entered by the user, but those hurdles are easy. And you know, people are used right. to doing it. You can run a spreadsheet, you can do this. This is not an issue. Okay, uh, I, I may end up using it at the end of the day, just to find <laughs> out who's saying yeah. bad stuff about Agoracom on Twitter, because God knows. We've got some enemies there and from Agoracom for not doing for for not letting them, you know, carry out their nonsense so that maybe I'll end up using the software. Yeah, you could do that. But this is this is going to our first, um, you know, defense research is going to get a hold of this next uh, next month. And it'll go through a trial period with them as we get a, a lot of feedback with them. They're extraordinarily interested in it also because, you know, despite the fact that they do have the data analysts, this will cut down, say, report times from hours to minutes. Yeah. That's of super interest to them. And in addition, this work has opened up. Well, it won't just open up the you know, SMB market like you were talking about. It will allow us to approach them and approach corporate clients like, say, uh, Canada, you know, Air Canada or you know, CNN or people like that who also don't have this type of expertise on board and are, aren't going to invest in it. Um, so it'll open up our ability to approach them 
um, but it also opens up the ability to work in environments within, say, you know, the public sector that are more time sensitive, uh, which is something I was going to get to later, but I'll go ahead and talk about it now. Yeah, go. What, what is it? Um, like uh, we're in the middle of um, talks with Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin is tasked with building a different control system inside uh, naval warships. And the ability to react quickly to this type of information is something they're interested in. And so they have, we've had two meetings with them now about this because of this rapid uh, analytical generation system that I'm talking about now. Um, and they're super interested in it. Now, I don't know where this is gonna go yet, but it does open the door to those type of environments. Like, so when, when information is being measured, not in you know days and weeks, but in minutes, we now can approach that and we will have the tool set to do it. Yeah, and I'm gonna say it again, you know, it's also third party validation when your technology is A, being used at that level of defense that you've already got it being used at and being evaluated by the likes of Lockheed Martin in the aerospace, because these are companies that just don't mess around at the end of the day. If you're not, if you're not tier one, you know, top breed technology, there you're just not going to get their interest. So to me, I'm just reading between the lines again. And, and and I love that what I'm hearing about that. You know, even if you don't get this particular contract, you may or may not, it just tells me that you're going to get a lot of calls going forward from all sorts of big entities. So you know if if that's how you're expanding your offering and make it even easier for everyone to get their you know, results in minutes. And that's, that's just a stroke of genius. Going back, let me ask you one question. There, you had the, um, there was the ideas project. I'm going to read this off the innovation yeah. for defense, excellence, and security. Uh, and that was something you talked about last uh, late last year. Um, what's progress in that looking like? What's the status of that? Because that was a, uh, uh, that, you know, that, that was for the DRDC, uh, you know, fake news filters, so on and so forth. What's, how's that looking? How's that progressing? Well, it's going very well. We're still in the middle of it um, for this go round, but they have changed the program um, with regards to how it is being uh, managed and rolled out. So the deployment of that technology is we're in the second quarter of a four quarter uh, deployment phase with them and everything's going just perfect. We're actually about three weeks ahead of time right now. Uh, but what's going, what it has changed is the management of the funding. So originally ideas was a ramping system. Um, and the part we were on now, which was part three, was a little like about 1.2 million ish. Um, and then that would expand to 5 million and then 10 million, et cetera. That was their original plan. Okay. That's so they've changed that. What they've done is combined it into a much larger structure moving into the next federal budget. And so what they, the next portions of this is not going to be called ideas, but it is the follow on to that program. They don't have a name for it yet, but it is a $40 million offering. And what they've asked us to do. So from 5 million to 40 million. Yeah, it's gone up. Um, now, this yeah, that's saying something. Yeah, this presents a challenge for us, though, and I'll tell you what we're doing about it. As a small company right now, we could not service the $40 million contract on our own too much, um, and we couldn't ramp fast enough to do it effectively. So they've asked us to, um, 
COVID with another company that was in the IDEAS program with us, which is the MDA Aerospace. Uh, MDA is big company. a big company. Yeah, yeah. They're owned by Maxar, I want to say, out of Colorado. Um, but they are one of Canada's largest aerospace companies. They're the company that built Canada Arm, Canada Arm 2. They're also on the hook for parts of the, the new space station that's going up on uh, the Lunar Gateway. That's a serious uh, partner. That's, a, that's yeah. a serious partner, Marshall. So right now we are partnered with them and we are building our offering with them now uh, for this $40 million COVID. And that will be submitted. I think it's going in at the end of this month. If it's not, it's the 1st of April. I have to go look. Um, and then, you know, we, based on those dates, you know, and I can't predict what the government does, but based on past projections, we'd know something by you know, mid to late summer. And again, I just love the fact that you have a major government entity that needs something. And now you have another major aerospace partner that actually wants to work with you on it. Again, just yeah. you're it's piling open. up. Yeah, go ahead. No, you're just, you're just piling up that list of credibility. That's, yeah, that's there's no denying it. On, yeah, that's, it, hopefully it'll open up some more doors. Like we just in the last meeting there, and this, this is just an off the cuff comment, but the guy, another guy from another department saw what we were doing and saw what the engine could do. And his responsibility within MDA is documentation. And he sent me two emails already he, because he said when they built the last, the ISS, the International Space Station, that the joke was that they didn't need a rocket to get up there. They could just pile up the documentation and climb. <laughs> He's like, I have no way to manage this stuff. So anyway, I'm going to go have coffee with him and see if we can help him. Hey, so <laughs> last question. That amazing overview of what's going on at the company. And hats off to you and the team, everybody, Jeff Stevens, everybody there. You guys are, you know, I've look, I've had over 300 clients, thousands of companies I've looked at. Every day I'm looking for the next great technology company every day. Uh, it's not easy to find, right? Because they, they don't pop up every day. But you guys are there, man. I got to admit, you're, you're right there, right? So I can't wait to see the next 12 months. But what I want to ask you as a last question for everyone at home is, you know, we now starting to see how big of a role AI monitoring is playing uh, in the space as 2020. And everyone, like I said at the beginning, at the outset, people know how bullish I am on the future of artificial intelligence. You know, how, where do you see your space five years from now? And I'm not asking for specific projections and numbers and things like that, but is this really the very, very beginning? And, you know, it's, it's, it's just going to mushroom. Like, what does it look like for you in the, in the next five years without me putting words in your mouth? Well, it's, going to explode you're you're seeing the very beginnings of this now but no it you're seeing the beginnings of it in social media because that's where the most data is being produced at the moment and even like just this week uh within the past week you're seeing like companies like twitter move on this with like donald trump's campaign released an ad and uh, about joe biden that, that twitter deemed false or misleading and then they labeled it but with all this type of stuff going on and the ability of people to produce more and more of this, it's just going to expand. There's no getting around. And <clears throat> the human mind, and there's just not enough people to keep up. 
It's no. that simple. No, right? no, so way. no we way. can't do it. We cannot do it. You cannot sit around and have people read millions of tweets and Facebook posts and all this and try to make judgment calls. Well, you're competing against bots, yeah. right? You can't yeah. read as fast as a bot can. A bot can post 500 messages in, I don't know, a minute. You know, that's just not humanly possible to be able to keep up with that. But it's, uh, it's going to come on both sides of it, though. And so it's going to be, you know, AI will be involved in producing this type of information and AI will be involved in countering this type of information and identifying it. But it's going to move beyond uh, the space that, that, say, Nexology works in now. And you're just seeing this in academia, but in the next five years, you're going to see this type of production and consumption of AI even moving out to, say, books, movie scripts. Um, you know, it's happening at law firms. Sorry to interject. It's happening. There law are firms. AI law firms now where yeah. the, the AI scans your fact scenario. You know, George borrowed money from Marshall on January 1st. George didn't pay Marshall back on yeah. March the 30th. What's the law? You know, I'm obviously I'm using a very, but I'm talking about for very complicated litigation. I know I now know of firms right here in Canada, right here in Toronto, where the AI scans the fact scenario and then goes out and and puts the law together, puts the case law together and instantly tells you based on this and this and this, uh, George, there's a 99% chance you're going to lose this. You owe, uh, and this is what's going to happen. Marshall's not only going to win the litigation, but he's going to get costs and he's going to get interest. So you may as well settle as fast as you can. Boom, all done instantly on the balance of probability. So yeah, it's it's going everywhere. Yeah, I guarantee you, and um, it'll be in everything and permeate everything that uh, that we use. Well, I'm going to tell you, I feel fortunate. Uh, your your shareholders should feel fortunate. Everyone watching and listening should be, feel fortunate that they're able to to discover data matrix, you know, today in its current form. And uh, and for everyone at home, look, you've watched or if you've been listening by podcast, you've heard what Marshall's had to say. And it's up to you now to do your due diligence, right? Go to Agoracom, read the profile. Watch the first interview we did with Marshall and, and, and Jeffrey Stevens, right? Rewatch, re-listen to this one. Then use the link on the forum, get out to the company's website, do more due diligence. And finally, you're always gonna have questions. Come back into the forum where you know uh, that the team have been verified. So if you want to ask questions, you know that's actual data metrics executives that are answering to round out your due diligence. But do it uh, because you know how I feel about artificial intelligence. It can't be stopped. And when you have a company like data metrics that's, uh, that's executing uh, great third-party validation with federal government's defense, aerospace, it means they've got something. Uh, you know, how big will it be? We don't know. Could it fail tomorrow because some, you know, George starts his artificial intelligence modern company out of his garage and, and, and beats the company, you know, next year? That's possible too, but you've got data metric where we know you've got them on the table right now. And uh, it's just a fantastic story. Marshall, congratulations to you, your team, and, and thanks so much for being here. Thanks, George. It's always a pleasure. You've been watching, listen to Marshall Gunter, CEO of Data Metrics, trades on the TSX Venture Exchange on the stock symbol DM for our friends in the US on the OTC under DTMXF and for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under D4G. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a fantastic day. I hope you've discovered your next great small cap company. See you next time.